Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Everlasting Intimacy Ulfatul Khulud Abu Dhakara by Sheikh Muhammad Fawzi Al Karkari from November 21st 2014 You should know may God illuminate your heart with the light of his sanctity that we shall speak about the presence of the prophets in a general fashion these lessons will serve as summaries, as it were, of all the prophets. Now, when you contemplate the presence of prophethood on the spiritual path, you can do so through one of the seven levels of the divine name. These levels, or readings of the divine name, begin with the Ha, which is the last letter of the name Allah, and is the first reading of the divine name, because the wayfarer enters into the path through the Ha'a. This is followed by the Lam of constriction, Lam al-Qabd, which we also call Lam al-Ishq, the Lam of love, then the Lam of gnosis, Lam al-Ma'rifa, then the gap between the Lam and the Alif, which is Fasl, separation, followed by union, Wasl, and then the hidden Alif, Al-Alif al-Muqaddar, and finally the seventh reading, which is the treasure dot, Al-Nuqtatul Kanziyah. In the first reading of the Divine Name, or the Ha of the name Allah, the disciple learns to behold all things as disclosures of God's names and qualities in anticipation of entrance upon the Lamb of Love. When we gaze upon prophecy from the Ha, we are looking at the alif of the divine name from the perspective of a ha reading. We are beholding the hidden alif from the reading of the ha. Now, given that the alif is composed of three principal dots that are vertically aligned, the upper part is specific to the presence of messengerhood, risala, the lower part to the presence of prophethood, nubuwa, and the middle dot of the alif is the liminal reality of sainthood or barzakhiyatul wilaya as such every prophet who represents a manifestation of the hidden alif is necessarily a saint but not every saint is a prophet now one of the challenges of this illustration of the three dots of the alif is that it gives an impression of spatial direction on paper because we say there's an upper part and a lower part. But we do so by way of illustration and to point out the different facets or realities of prophethood, messengerhood, and sainthood. We mentioned that the wayfarer's journey begins by reading the levels of the name experientially. The spiritual traveler enters into the Ha of identity, Ha'ul Huwiya of the divine name, by struggling against the lower self until he or she passes away from it and from everything other than God. The subtle grace of the innermost secret that flows through every existent then manifests itself and the wayfarer comes to naught in the lights of who. When the spiritual traveler becomes established in this station, the sun of the Lamb of Constriction shines upon him till its rays reveal the reality of the center of the Ha'ul Huwiya, or the Divine Entity. 
for it is from this center of the hat, or this center of the circle of the hat, that the circle itself is configured, and through it the hat is manifest. The heart of the disciple does not look away from this sun, for he is overpowered by the assault of lahu, lam ha. This sun, S-U-N, becomes the qibla, the prayer direction of his spirit and his heart. Then the pure meanings of the lam al-ma'rifa, or the lam of gnosis, manifest themselves to him through his arrival at the substantial reality of extinction in love and yearning. Then the traveler returns to God, lillah, or lam lam ha, breathing the fragrance of inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un, to God we belong, and to him we return. When the wayfarer gains firmness in this station of inna lillahi, or the station of Lam Lam Ha, and understands the pure meanings, celestial realities, and divine disclosures of Lillah, then the banners of union are raised for him, and he is cast into the ocean of the names of beauty, till he becomes joyful and happy, and then returns to the ocean of separation, where he experiences the realities of the names of majesty. For the genuine servant must discover the real in both majesty and in beauty until his circle of ma'rifa, or circle of gnosis, reaches its perfection. Similarly, the wayfarer should search for union in the very kernel of separation. For the knower of God is the one who discovers life in the heart of death. And when he discovers union in separation, he penetrates into the liminal reality of sainthood where he comes into contact with the Elif. At that point, he may genuinely seek the replenishing subtle graces or the raqa'iq of the prophets. The blessed messenger of God وسلم, said, The earth is never devoid of 40 men who are like the intimate friend of the All-Merciful or they're like Khalil al-Rahman. It is through them that others are given rain and granted assistance. Whenever one of them dies, God substitutes another in his place. Qatada said, We have no doubt that Al-Hasan ibn Ali is one of them. Mu'ajam al-Tabarani There's another report that confirms this meaning. This hadith is transmitted by Abdullah ibn Mas'ud who said, God's Messenger said, to God belong 300 hearts among his creatures that are upon the heart of Adam salam, And to God belong 40 hearts among his creatures that are upon the heart of Moses salam, And to God belong 7 hearts among his creatures that are upon the heart of Abraham salam, And to God belong 5 hearts among his creatures that are upon the heart of Gabriel salam. And to God belong three hearts among his creatures that are upon the heart of Michael And to God belongs one heart among his creatures that is upon the heart of Raphael Whenever the latter dies, God substitutes in his place one of the three. And when of those three die, God substitutes in his place one of the five. And when one of those five dies, God substitutes in his place one of the seven. 
and when one of those seven dies, God substitutes in his place one of the forty. And when one of those forty dies, God substitutes in his place one of the three hundred. And when one of those three hundred dies, God substitutes in his place one of the common believers. It is through them that he gives life and death, sends down rain, causes plants to grow, and repels tribulation. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was asked, How does he give life and death through them? He responded, Because they ask God to multiply their communities, and they multiply. They pray against tyrants, and the tyrants are brought down. They supplicate for rain, and rain is sent down. They ask for the earth to burst forth with plants, and it does. And when they supplicate, he repels all manner of tribulations through them. Tariq Madinat Dimashq ibn Asakir. This hadith speaks of different modes of sainthood. Prophethood, for its part, is a lordly function that the Almighty entrusts to whomever he wishes among his servants. It is God's sheer election and choice. He elects whomever he wishes among his servants and sends them to the people in order to rectify and guide them upon the path of divine proximity and right guidance. A prophet, moreover, is sent to confirm a previously revealed law and to act upon it. He is divinely protected from minor and major sins and commits no errors prior to or after prophethood. We must not imagine, therefore, that Moses salam, for instance, committed a grave sin when he killed the Egyptian, for this has an esoteric interpretation that is beyond the realm of your comprehension. Indeed, God said concerning him, I have fashioned thee for myself. Furthermore, God endows prophets with a supreme intellect. He perfects their character, disposition, and outward bodily form so that they avoid sin by virtue of their perfected intellects. Thus, God singles them out for protection from error in contrast to other human beings. God also endows prophets with a pleasing soul, nafsun radiyah, that is inundated by his good pleasure. How then could they err? If an error were ascribed to a prophet, then he would have to defer to another person who is better than him, which cannot be, since the prophet defers in all matters to God alone. As for what has reached us in reports that ascribe sin to prophets, those are merely forms of disobedience, not the reality of disobedience or masiyah. Every prophet has an intellect, moreover, that is specific to him, to his era, and to the people to whom he was sent. In other words, every prophet has an intellect that encompasses the people of his era. In contrast, the intellect of Sayyiduna Muhammad is all-encompassing and universal. To this effect, Abu Hurairah said, the Prophet was asked, When did you become a prophet? He replied, while Adam was still between spirit and body. Sunan al-Tirmidhi As such, the Prophet possesses the primacy and ultimacy of prophethood. The hadith compiler Muslim relates in his Sahih that the Messenger of God said, I was given superiority over the prophets on account of six. Among these, is that he was granted 
the all-encompassing words, Jawami'ul Kalim, and that he was sent to the entirety of mankind, and that he was made the seal of prophets, and that the earth was made a place of prostration and a source of ritual purity for him, alayhi salatu wasalam, Sahih Muslim. Thus, the circle of prophethood came to its completion through him, and he is its noble ringstone. Moreover, the station of prophethood necessarily follows the station of messengerhood and draws from it. This is why we say that the dot of prophethood occupies the bottom of the alif, while the dot of messengerhood occupies its upper part. Divine replenishment therefore descends upon the presence of prophethood from the dot of messengerhood, for the message's circle of mercy is immense. Speaking of the Prophet, God says, And we sent thee not save as a mercy unto the worlds. The ta of rahmatan, of as a mercy here in the Arabic, is called a ta marbuta, or a connected ta. It's not a ta maftuha, or an open ta. The fact that it is a connected ta is a spiritual allusion to the all-encompassing circle of God's mercy onto the worlds, because the ta is written orthographically in the shape of a circle. This explains why it is befitting for this verse to be part of the Suratul Anbiya, the chapter in the Quran on the stories of the Prophets, for the Prophets were among the manifestation sites of this message of mercy during their own times. Now given that the presence of prophethood is subordinate to the presence of messengerhood, God's folk deduced an important principle in spiritual training, or Qa'ida Tarbawiyah, Namely, that as long as the disciple is under the tutelage of his sheikh, he is subordinate to him, draws from him, and follows his tracks. The disciple cannot surpass the station of his sheikh until the sheikh returns to his lord. To this effect, the sheikh of our sheikhs, Sidi Ahmad al-Alawi, says in a poem, After the death of the sheikh, one who is like him appears, for this is God's wont, and it does not change. Returning to prophethood, you should know, dear wayfarer, that the non-delimited intellect of a prophet differs from the delimited intellect of a human being, for it stems from the primordial origin, al-mabda'ul awwal. In other words, it stems from prophethood's very first point of origin, the primordial beginning of knowledge itself. As such, Prophetic knowledge returns vanishing things back to their source so that their concealed secrets and primordial roots are understood. This presence of prophethood, therefore, is called the everlasting station, maqamul khulud, for prophets possess the everlasting life of the hidden alif. As such, a prophet remains a prophet even if no one follows him, and even if most of his people follow him but then break their oaths of allegiance to him, for a prophet's prophethood is everlasting. Do you not see how Sayyiduna Adam salam was a prophet in the garden and he remained so even after he was expelled from it? He is everlasting because he is not shaken, concerned or disturbed by whatever affliction or trial befalls him. Such is the everlasting station. There is no return therefrom, for it is the quarry of perseverance and fixity. Moreover, this primordial knowledge that draws assistance from the supreme intellect, al-aqlul akbar, is impregnable and unlimited. 
it brings the divine norms into manifestation as a proverbial talisman. This talisman, moreover, is none other than the elif that manifests itself through multiple hidden elifs. For the essence that brought the primordial elif into existence decreed so beyond time and space, until God placed it into the sensory realm in the form of the staff in the hand of Moses salam. And this primordial knowledge, or this talisman, subsists till the second coming of Jesus salam. If you grasp the meaning of the hidden elif, and then turn your gaze to behold this created realm with a piercing insight, you would discover that all of it is light. It is like a brilliant full moon that pours forth the Lord's effusion upon non-existent entities. This sight causes intellects to be at a loss. They cannot describe the intimations of the real at this station. To this effect, Sayyiduna al-Khidr, the spiritual trainer of Moses, saw a bird taking a drop from the ocean with its beak. And he told Moses, By God, our knowledge in relation to God's knowledge is like the drop in this bird's beak in relation to the ocean. Indeed, it is a drop from the ocean of knowledge of the Chosen One, alayhi salatu wasalam. Thus, the delimited intellect must draw from the supreme intellect in order to attain God-given sciences or ulum laduniya, because these God-given sciences are pre-eternal and cannot be understood in the realm of delimitation. The Blessed Messenger alluded to his being granted the all-encompassing intellect when he said, I was given the all-encompassing words, Utitu Jawami Al-Kalim, Sahih Muslim. That is to say, he وسلم, was given all the suprasensory meanings, principles, and divine regulating norms to connect the all-encompassing intellect to the delimited intellect. Thus, he والسلام, described the pleasure of the inhabitants of paradise and the punishment of the inhabitants of hell, giving us, as it were, a general picture to behold before our very eyes. The all-encompassing intellect therefore yields an imaginal form for the delimited intellect, even though the reality of the matter cannot be perceived by the delimited intellect as such. To this effect, it is related that Abdullah ibn Abbas said, Nothing in paradise resembles what is in this world except by name. Similarly, whatever you witness in your disclosure is the manifestation of a delimited attribute or a form, yet its true reality is something different altogether. For everything that you see dear disciple, is delimited unless you return to the intellect of the heart that you acquired from the intellect of your shaykh who acquired it from Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu anhu, the door to the city of knowledge who acquired it from the presence of the chosen one sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the possessor of the all-inclusive intellect. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to say in his supplications, Dear God, place in my heart light and in my sight light, and in my hearing light, and to my right light, and to my left light, and above me light, and beneath me light, and in front of me light, and behind me light, and amplify for me light. Sahih Muslim. The words, and amplify for me light, وعظم لنورا, refer to the all-inclusiveness of the intellect that the Chosen One, sallallahu alayhi wa wished for. 
Thus the lordly sheikh bestows upon you the first gleams of light from the all-encompassing intellect. He tells you that you must have saintly aspiration, truthfulness, and love in order for this dot to yield fruit within you, and in order for you to come to naught in its light and to become light yourself. The path thus begins when you come to naught in the light and then become light. And you have no share in primordial knowledge until you pass through these levels. Many have fallen and slipped, and many have returned whence they came. Felicitous is the one who is granted firmness by God. So beware of thinking that these presences are smooth and easy, for it is necessary to pass beyond the delimited and sensorial intellect and to seek assistance from the luminous Muhammadan intellect so that you may have a share in the subtle graces of these presences. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ahli Sayyidina Muhammad kama sallayta ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala ahli Sayyidina Ibrahim wa barik ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala ahli Sayyidina Muhammad kama barakta ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala ahli Sayyidina Ibrahim fil alamin innaka hamidun majid.